Howdy, hey, Randall K. coming to you live from magnificent Middle Tennessee on a Sunday um, evening here uh, for Sunday in the Scriptures edition of Bible News Radio. Thanks for tuning in. I want to make sure that things are going all right here, which they seem to be. We are live. Yes, we are. On, looks like all the platforms. Dismiss a few windows here. Alright, good to go. So, gonna try to make this quick. You know, I always do try to keep it uh, <laughs> under an hour. But let's see how this goes. You know, if there's if there's interaction in the chat rooms, those kinds of things, then I'll do my best to uh, interact with you all and do that. But anyway, so I'm going to call your attention real quick to those who are viewing live and watching video. Of course, you're viewing, so of course it's video. Uh, to the ticker scrolling along the bottom of the screen important things you need to know and for those of you listening to audio I will do you the favor of reading for you uh, if you want to stay in touch with what goes on with this broadcast and this ministry you might want to sign up for our text message list that will give you updates and you do that by texting Bible News two words but squished together as one term Bible News to 33222 2332s and that will uh, get you on our message list for updates. If you want to be held accountable to your daily Bible reading, you can text Team Unstuck. Again, like two words, but squish together. Uh, Team Unstuck to 33222 to get on that list. And uh, if um, if you like what it is we do here, and uh, you want to support it with your tax-deductible donation to Heart Tug International, the ministry which uh, oversees this broadcast. You can do that uh, by visiting our current website at BibleNewsRadio.com and looking for that Give menu item, which will take you to that page. Uh, or you can just go to BibleNewsRadio.com forward slash give and uh, you'll be able to give there uh, soon and very soon. We're going to see the king, but uh, if if our death or his return is delayed, uh, we will have a new website uh, coming up soon. Uh, and um, yeah, it's looking good. It's just about done. I know we've been talking about it forever, but you know we're working out some final touches. Hopefully, by the end of this month, July 2021, we will have that up for you to view. And um, and we'll certainly let you know about it, most likely, on the text message list if you've signed up for that by texting Bible News to 33222. All right, let's get into it here. I'm going to, uh, you know, I like to use slides here. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make sure that I've got those going good and well. Whoops, didn't mean to do that. I picked the, sorry. That's where I'm going with that. All right, now let's make sure that this is captured all right. Bear with me here. 
All right, I'm going to keep speaking here because I know some of you are listening to the audio and nobody likes dead air. And um, so I'm going to make sure that you know nothing's wrong with your audio player, that here I am still speaking to make sure that there's no dead air while I dial in this last bit of screen capture here so that um, we're all on the same page. Um, both uh, figuratively and literally, because uh, I don't want to get ahead of you here, and I want to make sure that what you see is what I'm addressing. All right, so, um, didn't have a whole lot of time to prepare today, so no fancy animations or transitions or anything like that, which I usually don't do anyway, unless it's... Uh, full-on video but for the slides i didn't build any of that in so our topic tonight is who is going to hell and who makes the rules so uh before we get started since we're going to be looking into the um inspired word of god i think it's only right to approach the author the bible is the only book that comes with its author and so since the author is living and his word is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, it's uh, smart to prayerfully approach the author when reading the scriptures. Let's pray, shall we? Father God, thank you for the, your goodness, your grace, this day that you provided, the earth on which we stand, the breath uh, which we draw, uh, all gifts from you. And a wonderful gift from you, more enduring than even uh, the earth and the air we breathe, is your word, which has been preserved throughout the ages and will be preserved for eternity. We pray that as we read, Lord, you would open our eyes to the things you would have us to see, open our ears to the things that you would have us hear, make our spirits receptive to the leading of your spirit. This time is yours to use as you will for our good, but mostly for your glory. We ask it in the name of the Master Yeshua Messiah. All right, so who is going to hell and who makes the rules? Um, I want to make sure that I'm uh, not missing anybody that may be out there in... Um, Uh, okay, connection is lagging. All right, says says the boss there in the YouTube. Um, whatever. Um, yeah, in the chat room. Anyway. All right. So, um, hey, and Natasha's over there in uh, in Twitch. Hey, Natasha, thanks for joining in, and I. I'm hearing the distortion in my headphones, so I need to stay off the, the microphone a little bit. Um, I could just turn down the, the gain, but that's on the other side of the table. I can't reach it. So, All right. So, who is going to hell and who makes the rules? Well, why am I talking about this? Recently, um, and quiet my phone down here, um, recently on Instagram someone that I know had posted um, posted a quote from Soren Kierkegaard uh, 
Uh, Soren Kierkegaard was a Danish uh, philosopher, some say Christian existentialist uh, of the 19th century. Anyway, there's this quote here from his Journals and Papers, Volume 6. He wrote, If others go to hell, I will go too, but I do not believe that. On the contrary, I believe that all will be saved, myself with them, something which arouses my deepest amazement. Well, I'm deeply amazed too. One, that he is deeply amazed that he will be saved, and uh, so you know, amazing grace. Grace is amazing. Uh, that would save wretches such as us, uh, undeserving of salvation, of eternal life, who are sinners by nature, uh, should uh, know and experience the love and grace of God. That is amazing. Um, but he wrote that, he says, if others go to hell, I will go too. So whereas he he felt that being saved aroused his deepest amazement. Um, on the other hand, he said if others would go to hell, he would go too. Um, but he didn't believe that. That's just kind of if. If others go to hell, I will go too. But I don't believe that. On the contrary, I believe that all will be saved. Myself with them. Um, and... That's, well, it's good that he believed that he was saved if, in fact, he knew the conditions for that. But he didn't believe that any, he said that all will be saved, a universalist uh, theology. And, you know, I'm curious where he got that idea. Now, you know, truth in disclosure, um, I... Um, I, I'm not really familiar with the works of Kierkegaard. I've read pieces. I've never read any of his works in entirety, so I'm no Kierkegaard expert. Um, so maybe if I've read those that journals and papers there, volume 6, and other of his works in entirety, I'd know about his basis of where he got this universal belief that all will be saved and um, him with them that no one is going to hell, essentially. Um, so, you know, where did he get that idea? Now, many feel that hell is a New Testament concept, that, you know, sometime in the Middle Ages, the, the, the Roman Catholic Church, you know, in the Holy Roman Empire, they... Uh, threw in these notions of uh, hell into the New Testament to scare people into joining the joining the uh, the Roman Catholic Church, you know, the the state religion, as it was in the Holy Roman Empire, uh, with all of its uh, abuses and corruption. Uh, so, you know, it's just introduced the New Testament, but do we find this notion of hell, this everlasting punishment, anywhere in the Old Testament? Well, the Old Testament uh, speaks for sure of Sheol, 
um, which is interchanged often for the grave, like a physical burial, but also the place of the dead, and and uh, speaks of it in varying ways. Um, but there are some certainly number of passages, and I just pulled out three. Now, disclaimer, I'm going to showing individual verses here and I strongly uh, I strongly recommend and promote uh, reading passages in context context is king um, however for the sake of brevity and not doing a a long study on any particular book the Bible as I sneeze excuse me um, uh, these are just, um, I mean, this is not an extensive study or sermon. These are just things to uh, get the wheels in your head turning that I encourage you. Uh, I urge you to study on your own. But Old Testament, in the book of Daniel, uh, we read that, And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, there'll be a resurrection, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Uh, that there's an on, there'll be a resurrection, and some will be awakened, resurrected to eternal life, and some uh, to shame and everlasting contempt. Uh, Isaiah 66, verse 24, And they shall go forth and look upon the carcasses of the men that have transgressed me. These are the words of God. Uh, for their worm shall not die, neither shall their fire be quenched, and they shall be an abhorring unto all flesh. And if you read uh, Isaiah 66 in this context, talking about judgment uh, of mankind, and there will be those for whom the worm shall not die, and the fire shall not be quenched. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 22, uh, For a fire is kindled in mine anger, again the words of God, and shall burn in unto the lowest hell, and shall consume the earth with her increase, and set on fire the foundations of the mountains. Again, uh, God speaking of his judgment and a burning that will go on. Um, Let's see what's going on here on uh, YouTube. Jerry says, hey there, Periscope is going off the air, so there. So where will you take your broadcast? Yeah, only for watching. Yeah, yeah Periscope is gone, so we uh, left Periscope back in March when it was shut down. Um, the Old Testament never seems to delineate who went to hell. Um, true. It only describes the Jews and their enemies. Only the Jews were depicted as righteous. All the other folk were wicked, beginning uh, with the Egyptians. Well, I'm not so sure about that. That, uh, yes, the Old Testament is a record of, of the Hebrew people. Um, but uh, we certainly find in there uh, God's favor upon other races and his judgment upon uh, Jewish people as well. Uh, it's not all Jews are righteous and, and non-Jews are um, destined for God's judgment. Uh, we see um, the favor and judgment of God distributed across racial lines. Um, 
Anyway, next slide. So, let me pull this off and give a little background from this, this slide. Is that many modern thinkers um, and some scholars will say, well, you know, again, well, this idea of uh, the the theology of the Old Testament and and this this destruction, this vengeance of God, uh, this was a, a nebulous and incorrect idea. Uh, I read recently uh, someone saying, well, that the Hebrews the Hebrews had an incorrect view of God, you know, because it had this. Uh, they had this idea of this warlike God and and um, and his vengeance, and that you know the theology wasn't correct. And what we have is a developed, corrected view of theology. Okay, let's say that's the case. So the New Testament writers, having experience, been with Messiah Yeshua, Jesus, and his his correction of um, incorrect Jewish theology, and um, and for sure, uh, I will um, agree that Yeshua, Jesus, uh, corrected some errors in theology as far as Pharisaic Judaism, what um, Judaism had become by the first century. Um, but to my knowledge, not corrections against the Old Testament writings. In fact, seventy um, percent of or better of the words of Yeshua of Jesus are either direct Old Testament quotations or direct allusions to. Anyway, so let's go with this idea that yeah, the you know, Old Testament philosophy and the stuff about God's, uh, you know judgment and everlasting fire and everlasting contempt and down and stuff like that they didn't have a clear picture of things and you know those prophets were just you know, they were just kind of off and those claiming to speak for god they just they just didn't have it so the the new testament writers of course you know looking back having walked with yeshua um Become available to all, but before I'm reading comment in uh, YouTube here for you audio listeners, when Jesus died, the temple veil was ripped. Uh, I've always believed this symbolized salvation, then becoming available to all, and I would agree. But before then, how do we know God saved any non-Jew from hell? Um. Well, we could get into the rich man and Lazarus, in which they doesn't give them any uh, racial. They could have been both Jews, some not. Um, but we could get into prior to the resurrection of Messiah, the resurrection of Christ, um, about um, paradise and and hell, and then later. Uh, those in paradise uh, taken to the heavenly realms and ultimately those in hell going to the lake of fire, but we'll get to the hell and lake of fire bit eventually. Uh, hey, Barb is out there in YouTube land. Thanks for joining. 
Anyway, so if this idea that, okay, the Old Testament theology was off, you know, and those Hebrew people of, of ancient days didn't, you know, because of their own experience with, uh, you know, battle and things like that, they, you know, they projected onto God this, this vengeance and this judgment and that he would bring everlasting contempt and in the resurrection as we to some, as we read in, in, in Daniel chapter 12, uh, that, um, okay, people from the Old Testament before Jesus showed up. Um, there's obviously uh, some, um, um, well, I don't know, what <laughs> Um, several things are, are coming to mind um, uh, about just things of God's judgment and grace. Um, maybe I should make that another um, topic of study sometime. But for now, I'm just going to deal with this idea based off launch from this this statement by Soren Kierkegaard that you know, none are going to hell, all are going to be saved, and I'm going to go with them. I'm just, okay, based upon what? Well, what does, what does the Bible say? Well, it's the Old Testament. Well, we see these clear things about uh, God's judgment and everlasting contempt and punishment and and fire that is not quenched, all these sorts of things, and I just brought up a handful. We could look at several more that talk about this consuming fire of, of God's judgment. Um, anyway, but going off this pre premise that some say that, well, the, the Old Testament theology was messed up and the Hebrews of old, they, they superimposed, they projected uh, their experience with battle onto God and made this uh, uh, guy who extracted vengeance on his enemies and that sort of thing and it was cleared up when yeshua when jesus came and so those who were his disciples you know they they corrected things right they they certainly said well you know that we had a bad picture of god in the old testament that's not right uh, we we don't really really stand on that that's not what we believe anymore um, well, on the contrary, well, did the New Testament writers trust the Old Testament? Um, Peter writes in his second epistle, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture, and when when Peter's talking about the scripture, he's not talking about his own writings, he's not talking about Paul's writings, you know, he, he's not even talking about the gospels, the, the, the scripture that Peter would be familiar with and refer to as scripture is those that were... Um, well established in his time, which would be the Old Testament, um, long available in Hebrew and then uh, uh, translated into Greek, um, very common in the first century, the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Old Testament. Anyway, so when Peter says scripture, that's what he's talking about. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation, for the prophecy came not in old time, so it wouldn't be prophecy of of, of Yeshua, of Jesus, or even uh, of Jude or anyone else. Prophecy in old time, he's speaking of the Old Testament. But the prophecy 
came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. He didn't say, well, they they superimposed, the prophets superimposed their idea of, you know, um, this resurrection and some to everlasting contempt, this idea that God will judge and send forth his fire and an everlasting fire, the fire that's not quenched and that kind of stuff. Um, they, they were off. No, he says they were holy men of God and they spoke as they were moved by the Holy Ghost, by the Holy Spirit. He gives it, he gives the, the words of the Old Testament his, his approval. Similarly, in Second Timothy, Paul writes that all scripture, and again, Paul is not writing about his own letters. He's not talking about Peter's epistles. Um, when Paul refers to the scripture, he's talking about the Hebrew scriptures, the Old Testament. And he says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. I know as New Testament saints, those in the, you know, here in the 21st century church or even, you know, um, in the common era, you know, that we want to apply Second Timothy 3.16 to the New Testament, but that wasn't, that wasn't Paul's uh, purview. He wasn't speaking of, he wasn't calling his own letters scripture, even though they are, uh, I believe, uh, also directed by the Holy Spirit uh, for many reasons, and we can get into the uh, reliability of the New Testament and the fingerprints of God that are all over it as much as they are in the Old Testament. Uh, but again, that's not the topic of this particular um, show. Um, so... You know, when Paul was spoke of Scripture, he was speaking the Old Testament Scriptures, and he said that's given by inspiration of God, and it's profitable for doctrine, not it's off concerning this or that, and here's a little tweaks and corrects, and we got a better idea. No, it's profitable for doctrine and for reproof and for correction, and rather than us correcting it, saying, well, here's where it's off, and here's where the theology is bad, and this, no, that it's it's it is given by God, and it's profitable for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So the New Testament writers, those familiar uh, with, with Yeshua and his character and what he taught, uh, didn't say, well, no, now we've got a clear. Um, in fact, if you read uh, you know, uh, Paul's letters, most of the New Testament, what does he quote? Does he quote Peter? Does he quote John? Does he no? He quotes the Hebrew Scriptures to make his point uh, throughout, uh, because he believes they're profitable for doctrine and for correction and for reproof and instruction in righteousness. Um, um, Paul definitely gives the Old Testament uh, Scriptures his hearty approval, as did Peter and uh, you know all the New Testament writers. But of course, well, okay, we've got the Old Testament, we've got we've got Peter, we've got Paul, but what does Jesus, because after all, you know, you'll talk to, if you were to speak to Kierkegaard, 
and um, other progressive Christians say, well, Jesus corrected the theology of the Old Testament. There's a vengeance of God. And am I saying that Paul didn't know his letters were inspired and he would be put in the Bible after he lost his head? I don't, I don't know if he knew that his letters were, well, I think he knew that his letters were inspired. Um, I think he knew, you know, especially when he says, not I, but the Lord says, and that's, um, and his encounter with the resurrected Christ uh, and what he spoke to him, etc. Uh, yeah, Paul knew that what was inspired, inspired, and at times Paul writes and says, I, but not the Lord, say. Um, certainly Paul knew that his letters were inspired, but when Paul talks about all scripture, um, I'm convinced that he was referring to the Hebrew scriptures. So, um, so the progressive Christian will say, well, you know, you know, forget what the Old Testament says. Well, there's some valuable things in there. We can pick out the things that, that we deem are correct and, and, uh, that, that are right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Jesus sadly talked more about hell than, than he, heaven even. Yeah. Um, because it, it was a serious warning. And so what did, what are the kinds of things that Jesus said concerning hell? Matthew ten twenty eight, And fear them not which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Uh, Matthew five twenty two. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment, and whosoever shall say to his brother Raka shall be in danger of the council. But whoever shall say thou fool shall be in danger of hell fire. You know why would why would he have these warnings uh, about someone who's able to de destroy both body and soul and body in hell and be in danger of hell fire? without the possibility that no one would go there, that all would be saved because, because the nature of God, God is love and love would never allow anyone to suffer, uh, let alone for eternity. Um, yet, uh, Jesus put it out there that uh, there is this possibility of destroying soul and body in hell, uh, that you're in danger of hell fire. Um, depending on um, uh, your your attitudes, and uh, Matthew twenty five, and a little background to this, sort of an anecdotal thing. Um, I uh, was a volunteer in the Gideons International for many years, and uh, one year at a conference and we were, uh, uh, basically signing people up who are interested in, in the application. There are some spiritual qualifications that, you know, believe, believe in the Bible and the, and the resurrection of Jesus, etc. And one of the items on there that you answer yes or no, uh, was that, uh, that there would be a resurrection to eternal life. Um, for those who put their trust in Christ and a resurrection uh, to eternal punishment uh, for those that rejected uh, God's gift of, of eternal life. 
and this one man was filling out the application when it got to the part about um you know eternal judgment or however the question was read he said nah i don't believe that and you know i don't believe god would do that and i simply said okay well what do you do with matthew chapter 25 where jesus says then shall he say speaking of himself the son of man on judgment day then he shall say also unto them on the left hand depart from me you cursed into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels for i was an hungered and you gave me no meat i was thirsty and you gave me no drink i was a stranger and you took me not in naked and you clothed me not sick and in prison and you visited me not then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee in hunger, or a thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? Then shall he say, Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as ye did it not to one of the least of these, ye did not it to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment but the righteous into life eternal. Uh, upon just reviewing that scripture, uh, that man changed his mind and said, oh, well, I guess it is. <laughs> I guess it is in the Bible. Jesus said that. I guess, you know, there is everlasting punishment. There is an everlasting fire that was prepared for the devil and his angels. That's who it was for. Um, that's who it was created for. But others can... Um, ultimately choose to go there um well what do i mean choose to go there and that's what i'm going to uh look at now um well i take that back i've got this intervening slide it's like okay well the old testament had okay well i'll concede the old testament seems to speak of this everlasting punishment and the judgment of god and everlasting fire all that kind of thing but you know okay okay well okay maybe jesus said it may maybe it was maybe those parts those things attributed to jesus were you know stuck in by the roman catholic churches he really didn't say it um you know jesus really never said anything like that because that's not the jesus that i'm comfortable with um you know it just doesn't sound like the meek and mild jesus uh, progressive christianity so you know so what if we find this in this this idea of hell in the old testament so what if it appears that jesus said it so what isaiah 40 uh, verses 6 through 8 the boy said cry and he said what shall i cry all flesh is grass and the goodliness thereof is as the flower of the field the grass withereth the flower fadeth because the spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it, surely the people is grass, the grass where <laughs> the grass withereth, the flower fadeth, and the word of our God shall stand forever. I I'm using the King James. I'm not one of the King James only fanatics. It just happened to be the software I was using it was it was handy. And so that's why I'm using King James here. Just so you know. Uh, it's a good translation, but uh, it's a very good translation, actually. 
But yes, I acknowledge that English has changed in the past 400 years. And um, every translation has some issues, but it's pretty good one. Anyway, similarly, Jesus said, Matthew 24, 35, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my, but my words shall not pass away. So the Old Testament says the word of our God shall stand forever. Jesus says his words shall not pass away. Um, so either they're both true or both are not true. But it can't be one is true and one is not. It can't be, well, the Old Testament is wrong, but Jesus is right. He says his words will last forever, but yet if you look at what Jesus said again, 70 plus percent of everything he said was direct Old Testament quotation or or direct allusion there too and gave it his stamp of approval. So uh, to say to come along and and say that well, it's it's not in the Old Testament. We'll never find this notion of hell in the Old Testament. Well, yeah, yeah, you will. Well, Jesus didn't say anything. Well, yeah, he did. So, okay, so what? So what? You we, we either accept that or reject it, you know. So then what? Okay, so all right. So it is in both. This idea of an everlasting punishment. This this idea of you know. Um, uh, an everlasting judgment is in both Old and New Testament. So then what? Well, Jesus said, If any man hear my words and believe not, I judge him not. For I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. He that rejects me and receives not my words has one that judges him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. Um, in other words, Yeshua Jesus didn't come to judge the world. Um, the world already stands in judgment um, because of how we are by human nature. Uh, we're, you know, we're not default. Everyone is saved by default. Everyone is a child of wrath. As as Yeshua, as Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter three, who do, he who does not believe is con, he does not, he who does not believe is condemned already. Um, that you know, some believe that the Bible teaches one will go to hell or ultimately like a fire, and we'll look at that as I promise. Uh, but basically, one will suffer eternal judgment because they do not believe in Jesus. And Jesus says, no, the one who does not believe is, is condemned already. Uh, what, what Yeshua taught, what the Bible teaches, is that one is destined for eternal judgment unless they put their trust and hope in the only one who was able to deliver them out of that, the one whose name means salvation. 
Um, there's one mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ, who represents both parties um, and um, is, uh, is our advocate um, who brings um, um, the, the, who demonstrates the love of God, warns of the uh, consequences of rejecting God's love, rejecting his grace, rejecting his uh, helping hand, his saving hand of redemption. And if you reject that, then you're without it, and uh, we end up where we're destined. We reject God, okay, then there's a place, there's a godless place to remain. Just, you know, the everlasting fires are read in Matthew chapter 25, prepared for the devil and his angels, made for them because they were, um, I mean, they were in the very presence of God in the heavenly realms and rejected the grace of God, rejected the love of God. And so, um, you know, rebelled against it. And so, the God prepared a place apart from, apart from his love, apart from his grace, that they so boldly rebelled and rejected, rebelled against and rejected. And so, okay, here is this place that God created for the devil and his angels, for those who reject his love, rebel against his love and his grace. Uh, and there's this place where none of that is experienced. And unfortunately, we were ex even here on this earth, um, many don't realize that, that we are recipients of God's love and his grace. You know, tis on his earth I stand or move by, and, and it is his air I breathe. And um, I, I'm already experiencing God's love and grace. And in this fallen world, um, and a complete absence of his love and grace is a terrible place as Old Testament and New Testament describe. A worm does not die, the fire is not quenched, everlasting darkness, um, a weeping, gnashing of teeth, because it's void and depart, uh, void and completely separated from God's love and his grace. So, Yeshua said, I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. And him that rejects me, uh, rejects his offering uh, of salvation, doesn't receive his words, has one that judges him, the word that I have spoken. Uh, the same shall judge him in the last day, because he made it clear, uh, he made it clear the gift that is available for through him, the gift of eternal life, the gift that he purchased um, uh, through his death, secured through his resurrection, and offers to us. And as, uh, as David pointed out in the uh, YouTube chat, that uh, Jesus spoke, talked more about hell than heaven. Uh, there was stern warnings out there, and, and to reject his words, that's what we'll judge. And then and we're going to see that um, here. In Revelation chapter 20, um, John saw that last day. He was getting a sneak preview 
into that last day, that day of judgment. And he says, I saw a great white throne, and him that sat upon it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book which was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of these things which were written in the books, according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Um... So we have Judgment Day, the Great White Throne Judgment, um, written out for us here, uh, detailed for us, at least sufficient detail, to know that that uh, there are books that are open. Well, what's in in those books? Well, um, the things which were the dead were judged out of these things which were written in the books according to their works um they were judged every man according to works that's what was written in those books they're judged on their works and they are cast into the lake of fire which is the second death um death and hell that is those who were dead or dead at the time those who were already in hell at that time ultimately cast into that lake of fire that was that was that was created for the devil and his angels whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast in the lake of fire so we have a book of life well what's in that well names it's just names of people writ in the book of life those that have put their trust in messiah that have put their trust in yeshua jesus the Christ, the Messiah, who are trusting them, trusting him, following him, being his disciples, his disciplined learners, growing in the grace of him, uh, those are the ones whose names are in the book of life. They go to eternal life. Um, those who are not are judged by their works. And... God tells us in Isaiah that even our righteousness is as filthy rags. Our works will never measure up uh, to eternal life. Um, so we have two choices when it comes to judgment day, according to the scriptures, is that we can put our hope, our faith, our trust, our lives into uh, the Messiah, the Christ, Yeshua, Jesus, um, and have eternal life, as John writes in his first epistle, First John chapter 5, um, these things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. He says, those who have the Son have life, and those who do not have the Son of God do not have life. Uh, eternal life isn't something, isn't a, a prize, 
to be won or to be earned. It's, it's, it's a gift that is in Messiah, that is in Christ Jesus. Uh, eternal life is in him. If you have the Son of God, you have life. If you don't have him, you do not have eternal life. And, and sadly, uh, those who without him, then on judgment day, uh, they stand judged according to their works. Now, I do believe there are different levels of punishment. Um, Jesus himself refers to that. I want to say Luke chapter 18. Don't quote me on that. He talks about uh, being some being beaten, beaten with fewer stripes and more stripes. And, um, and of course, we've got the devil and his angels there, like a fire. Uh, and the words that are spoken about uh, certain people seem to have a greater condemnation. Uh, even in the the um, was you know laws of civilization, the Mosaic law, there are different um, different gradations or different severities of punishment depending upon the crime. And we have that even in our judicial systems, or ought to. Um, uh, that seems to be the, the mind and heart of God, uh, different, differing levels of, of punishment depending on the crime. But ultimately, as we see there in Revelation chapter 20 on judgment day, that whoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Now, I don't know if, uh, you know, different temperatures, but the bottom line is that it, it, is a, it is a part from the everlasting life, the grace and love of God, because those who reject that, it's fitting that they spend their eternity in a place that doesn't have eternal life that doesn't have the eternal love, that doesn't have the eternal grace that God offers. If they rejected it, why would they want to live eternally with it? Um, and they have that which will judge them. Jesus doesn't judge them. I mean, he will. On the day, he will be the one to judge, as he said. But in the time that we looked at other verses, I don't judge. They'll have which judges they have already which judges them. The words that I have spoken will judge them, but because he gave plenty of plenty of warning about that eternal destiny apart from his grace, apart from his love, apart from his life, he gave plenty of instruction on following him to uh, to to reject those things that would keep us from following him. Those things that would trip us up, and uh, even be they be they possessions or relationships, those things would hinder us from following Him. Um, the, those are the things we need to get rid of. You um, shall have no other gods before me, God says, in Exodus chapter twenty, and essentially uh, throughout the Scripture from Genesis to Revelation. Uh, we need to seek him first and and to reject him first 
say these things are more important my fame my fortune these relationships these possessions now these these come before god uh, that's a dangerous place to be uh and to reject to reject the free gift of god um the free gift of salvation altogether is is uh is a terrible thing the wages of sin is death that's what we that's what we deserve that's what we've earned but the free gift of god is eternal life in christ jesus so i hope today that you find your you've uh, you know you put made sure that your name is written in the book of life and that come judgment day you won't have to stand in your own defense a judge by your works um because that doesn't go well as we read um so fundamental christianity progressive christianity um you know do we do we go by what the word says and has, has historically said and early uh church fathers have have uh, supported and put their trust in or do we go with what feels right to us and you know is is pleasing to our sensitivities well i don't like a god that would that would uh, you know let anybody go to hell my jesus is this my god is that and then and you know that's a god of our own making and um that's idolatry ultimately and that's putting some other god before the true and living god um to say i don't like this i don't like that well i don't like this in the bible and, and to pick and choose i mean why why pick any of it at all i mean it is what it says either all scripture is god breathed is inspired by god and profitable for doctrine and and reproof and instruction for righteousness or or it's not and i encourage um all of you out there uh to choose wisely with that i will bid you a good evening uh, may the lord bless you keep you make his face to shine upon you be gracious unto you lift his countenance upon you and give you peace and indeed he has made those things available uh, in this world you will have tribulation but you can be of good cheer because messiah has overcome the world and he gives a peace, not as the world gives, uh, but a peace that passes understanding. Uh, place yourself in Messiah and let him place himself in you. Uh, with that, again, good night. God bless.